for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. He is not, but thank you, Dancing Mike, and welcome to the Weird Science Comic News Podcast for the week of December 6, 2017. I am your host, Jim Warner, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of comic news tonight, but before I start, I just want to tell everybody this will be going up on the regular feed. Again, I did that last week, and I just want to let everybody know that's listening to this that isn't a part of our Patreon account that we do have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science. This is just kind of a sampler of a show that is on there. Uh, eventually, these will not be going up on the regular feed. They will be exclusive to the Patreon account, like a bunch of our other shows, including our once-a-week doubleheader spotlight, where the badasses of the Get Fresh crew poop, poop. pick... Two books that we do exclusively on Patreon. I believe this week it will be uh, Batman White Knight number three and Dead Man number two. Some reason, and I, I suspect the reason is to get Eric Shea to talk about Dead Man because he is going to definitely check out again. Me and Reggie will be laughing and having a good time. And Eric will check out. But that's one of the shows that is, like I said, once a week. We do that doubleheader spotlight kind of, well, very much like the spotlight that we put on the regular feed uh, once a week. We also have a weekly sports show. Me and Brandon do the Far Out Sports Nuts. That comes out every Monday night. Uh, we also have monthly shows. Uh, such as our back issue show that me and Eric or other people talk about a past comic book, trade, whatnot. Uh, last month, we did do uh, the Batman, uh, what was it? Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I forgot what it was, but yes, me and Eric did Gotham by Gaslight last month. We also have a Necessary Nonsense podcast where we talk about just nonsense stuff, pop culture stuff, whatnot. I believe this month coming up, we will be talking about Christmas movies, our favorite Christmas movies. Last month, we did one on family issues that made Eric cry, I think. Uh, but yeah, we also have some other shows, including a show that I do with my wife called Jim Has Issues with His Wife. Now, I did promise that this would become a weekly show, but I also warned people that Tanya is not great with schedules. So that kind of went down the tubes, but I do believe we're going to have three or four episodes a month. I just got to, I, I have to get a hold of her when the, the getting's hot, but I believe this week we are going to do our next episode of that. And believe me, I have a lot to yell at her about. If, if you're not familiar with that podcast, it is basically uh, where I get to yell at my wife with little to no repercussions. I, I can't say no, but 
no repercussions, I mean, because I kind of yell at her and then I hear about it till the next episode, which is why I wouldn't mind it becoming a weekly podcast, mainly because then she would just stop. It'd just be different rounds, waves of yelling. Instead of her yelling about the same thing for three weeks, she could get something new. At least there will be some variety in my life. And as you know, as a married fella, uh, variety is the spice of life is what I heard. Uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this because this would probably get me in trouble. But really, it all goes down to the fact that I'd like everybody to just go and check it out. Check out our Patreon account over at patreon.com slash weird science. And we have over a 100 exclusive shows already. I even forgot we also have the a month ahead of the new 52 review podcast. So you can get ahead on those podcasts as well. Uh, we try to make it worth your money, whatever level you decide to pick. And as I always say at the beginning of each month, you can go over right now, subscribe to whatever level, and pretty much you get it free until the next year, actually, till 2018, because you will not be charged anything until the 1st of January 2018. So if in the meantime, you do listen to some of these shows, you've had enough, you don't like Eric's jerk off voice, whatnot, uh, you could just cancel. You could just, you know, bow out. And you won't ever get charged. You'll at least give it a shot. That's all I ask is give it a shot because I do think we do some quality work. Uh, there might also be a seller dweller. But just I say that each week too. The, the seller dweller, he, he's very hard to nail down. You, you can never tell what that seller dweller is up to. But I hear that there may be a pumpkin head episode coming up uh hopefully that is the case because i like the cellar dweller don't really like eric too much but boy that cellar dweller i like the cut of his jib but we're here for comic news and we're gonna start with something that dropped uh, i think last wednesday night after i did last week's podcast and this happens with everything uh ask anybody who does a podcast if you do a podcast that's based on something in particular news wise if you have a pop culture podcast if you like me and brandon have a sports podcast if you have any sort of thing like that and you record you're guaranteed that night of that podcast to have some big news drop after you record uh it happened to me and eric all the time on the pop culture podcast uh and usually the weird thing is is it would be somebody dying. So we do our podcast. We get done. You know, when you're doing the podcast, you're kind of in this insulated area thing where you're just concentrating on the podcast. The world's going by outside your window. And we get done the podcast. Uh, I start to edit, and I find out that David Bowie died or, or something like that, something huge that would have been the biggest story that week. Well, last week I was kind of fishing for stories, and this dropped. DC Comics launches new cover design to replace the Rebirth banner. And I know that some people freaked out about this. Some people who joined in with Rebirth, I think it's uh, one part is it's very familiar to them. You know, they jumped in on Rebirth, this, this whole banner on the top. Nobody is going to tell me. I don't care who you are out there listening. Nobody can tell me that banner looked good because it did not. It was not a good-looking banner, but... Again, people don't like change. Uh, they get antsy. When this first dropped, I did hear or read some people on Twitter right away saying, oh, no, even before when there was rumors of this, oh, no, that means reboot, whatnot. Well, unfortunately, Rebirth wasn't a reboot either. So just settle down. 
Get your cookies, possibly some Milano's, you know, Pepperidge Farm Milano's, one of my favorites. I was talking about them today to Eric. Uh, and, and just sit there and eat them and relax. Just relax. Listen to me. I'm trying to relax myself. I have some blood pressure issues. I'm trying to work on my breathing and my eating and my exercise and not getting angry. Till I read these week, this week's comics, which I, even before we go, I, I actually did like this week's comics of mine. I haven't read anybody else's. I haven't read Reggie's or Eric's. So we'll see how that goes down the line. But back to the story. We have a new design. And it did a drop this week on this week's covers. And it's this week's. Readers are sure to notice DC's new cover design, which replaces the banner in favor of the sleek corner box. The corner box will provide information about the issue number. Check. Price. I should get the dings. Price. Where? Where is it? Price. And rating. I lost my spot. See, that's what happens. Each box will also feature the emblem of the starring hero or superhero group. So Superman Comics will sport his iconic S. Batman Comics will display the telltale, telltale bat signal. And Green Arrow will get, well, an arrow. And I did see some people, somebody even talked to me, that they were a little upset because Cyborg, which is being canceled, it's ending in two more issues, this issue and the next, has his own symbol. But yet Nightwing... Though he is in the Bat family, so he gets the Batman symbol, and some people were pissed. But the new cover design will replace the Rebirth banner, much in the same way it replaced the New 52 Initiatives banner. uh, DC Rebirth was first introduced in 2016 as a way for DC Comics to enact a continuity reboot. Huh? No! Who wrote this? That's not really true. I I should proofread these things. The end of DC Rebirth will usher in a new era called DC Universe, an expansive new initiative that will feed off the events of Rebirth and retain its continuity going forward. Uh, I I think I got, I actually think I got this from comicbook.com. I should have learned. Brett would have told me different, but uh, that's complete and utter nonsense. What are they doing? You say that stuff. Now I'm going to get angry. See, I have to watch my blood pressure, but that's the thing. It didn't, it wasn't anything that Rebirth changed. It really, to me, the most change came with Superman Reborn. Must be Superman Reborn. That's true. It wasn't a reboot. They made that so clear. What are you telling people? And this isn't a reboot either. It's just a change. Now, I did see some other people were complaining that the one thing that they did like was the arc being on the cover with that Rebirth, you know, banner. And I agree. Actually, I did like that. It gives people an idea of when a new arc is starting, things like that, and ending even, uh, but really starting. And I think that that's a mistake. I wish that they would continue putting the arc on as well. We'll move on. I gotta, I gotta proofread this stuff. Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two, set for August 2018 release. The second volume of Grant Morrison and Yannick Paquette's Wonder Woman Earth One is now set for release August 21st, 2018, according to a listing in the industry catalog Elderweiss. The sequel was talked about during the promotion of the original volume several years ago, with DC formally announcing it at Comic-Con International San Diego this year. The Wonder Woman Earth One sequel has been described by Morrison as the story's Empire Strikes Back, probably in an accent that you can't understand. I I have a a big problem understanding Grant Morrison when he talks, though it's maybe... Just because sometimes he gets a little trippy. Framing it now as a trilogy. Paula von Gunter, probably the story of him, how he back, has been reimagined as a Nazi superwoman who leads an invasion of Paradise Island. We're kind of showing you cannot fuck with this island of women, Morrison said. For 3,000 years, they've been doing it better than you. Morrison assures readers that it will have the ultimate Amazon army. When uh, the first 
issue of Wonder Woman Earth One came out, I was not really uh, crazy for Earth One books, uh, mainly because Eric had badmouthed them constantly. Uh, Wonder Woman Earth One was actually the first one that I fully read in one sitting. I think I had finally finished Batman Earth One, Volume One, but it took me a while. It took me like two weeks. Wonder Woman Earth One, I ended up sitting down and reading and reviewing. We got an early release copy. Uh, review copy, I mean, and I did, I loved it. I really did. Uh, I am not exactly the biggest Grant Morrison fan out there. I like him more than some, uh, but I'm not gonna bow to, you know, the altar of Grant Morrison, but I thought that this Wonder Woman Earth One, number one, was the most, the least Grant Morrison story I had read in a long while. Uh, and I liked it. I really, really did. So I am looking forward to this volume two coming out. Now, I did see some people after the fact kind of uh, bemoaning the deal that it was Grant Morrison writing Wonder Woman and not a woman. And I think that that's where we're getting these quotes then of him really pushing the idea like, listen, I'm I'm going to be, you know, I'm I'm trying to represent them very well i'm trying to give you a kick-ass story with women and and stuff like that so i do think that that was a plan quote kind of like hey give me a break i i will do good by you and your story so hopefully it's as good as the first one I, i'm telling you if you haven't read that the first volume of wonder Woman on earth one i suggest you go and the art's incredible uh yannick paquette's art's great in it so i do suggest that fully the next bit of news if you are a young animal fan especially a doom patrol fan i can't say that you are anything but patient because that book is constantly delayed half the time you don't even know when it's coming out i'm telling you fans of the young animals line in general are a very patient lot to me uh i don't know what's going on with that gerard way has to get on it and i it does seem like this milk war coming up that we talked about last week uh, maybe I'll set things right and get moving. But Doom Patrol number 10 and 11 push back three months. Doom Patrol number 10 and number 11 have been rescheduled three months later than their originally solicited release dates as per a retailer email sent out by DC Comics. Doom Patrol number 10 has slid from October 25th to January 24th, 2018, while number 11 has gone from November 22nd to February 21st, 2018. No reason was given for these changes, but follows delays for several previous issues of this title. I do think that some of these delays are just a natural progression of other delays. This has happened. This happens a lot with other titles, uh, say a medal. Uh, you know, when you find out that metal number three is gonna miss a month, you know, and, and four missing a month, something like that. Well, the others are gonna have to be resolicited as well. So I'm not sure how much this is fully pushed back because of other delays or this is part of the delay. Is this part of the thing to get away from that milk wars? They don't want it coming out, but it is delayed. And again, if you're a Doom Patrol fan, it's a tough ride. And I, haven't read an issue yet. I promised Reggie I'd read it. I have, I've had a lot of time. I, it's like uh, Eric with the Scarlet Spider book that he still hasn't gotten to. But uh, I, you can only say to people, if somebody came to me and said, hey, what do you think about that Doom Patrol? And I'd, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll say I haven't read it, but really, well, wait for the trade. There's no reason to sit and wait. Like, just forget about the book for now and wait for the trade to come out and then read it all at one shot, you know, like it should be read, uh, you know, anyway. So, and, and I'm not one. I really am not a big guy, uh, saying, Hey, 
you know, trade wait or go away for the trade. I usually don't say that. The thing that ends up making me say that 99.9% of the time are delays. Delays to me uh, kill the momentum of a book. And if you're waiting and waiting, waiting, I, I hate to say it, my momentum and my excitement for the metal, overall metal story and the main metal storyline uh, really has died. Uh, until that metal number four is in my hands, I'm just not, you know, thinking about it. And if I was a guy who didn't have a podcast or a website, nothing like that, I probably would definitely just say, you know what, take it off my pull list. I'll just wait till the trade comes out. I don't want to be surprised. All of a sudden I show up and it comes out and things like that. So it's a shame. But yeah, uh, I would say wait for that. But uh, speaking of Doom Patrol, DC cancels Rachel Pollock's Doom Patrol collection. DC Comics has canceled plans to collect Rachel Pollock's run on Doom Patrol. The announcement was made in DC's weekly retailer newsletter among a list of other items that were canceled and will not be resolicited. No reason was given for the decision. Pollock followed up Grant Morrison's memorable run on the title. I believe her run is considered volume four. Uh, with her work spanning two years on the title from Doom Patrol 64 to 87. The run featured artists such as Richard Case, Stan Walk, Linda Medley, or Medley, Scott Eaton, and Tom Sutton. Morrison's run was collected in three volumes while Pollock's run has never been collected. Uh, with stuff like that, I would guess that there hasn't been really any pre-sales. I- I'm sure that they send out their little uh, things to the comic book stores asking if stores would be interested in getting this and would they order it. And I would have a, a feeling that by now, uh, without Grant Morrison's name, uh, you know, Rachel Pollock's name on it, yes, there's some Doom Patrol fans out there who want to kill me right now by saying that. But if you don't have that big name of Grant Morrison on it, uh, and the delays of this new Young Animal deal too, kind of, I, I think that comes into play a little. Uh, but I think that that's what it would be all about. And they just, maybe they'll collect it later. We can only hope. The next story has to do with Batman. Batman number 38 story delayed one issue with a new Bruce Wayne origin story put in its place. The third part of Tom King and Joelle Jones' Super Friends storyline scheduled to appear in January 3rd's Batman 38 is being pushed back to appear in Batman number 39. No reason has been given for this change, but it stands to reason that subsequent solicited issue stories will also be pushed back. Like I said earlier, of course they would be. You know, issue number 40 is now going to be at 41. That's just, you know, and not many more are solicited down the line. So it, it'll all work itself out. In its place, Batman 38 will feature a new story by King and Fables artist Tra- uh, Travis Moore, who I think is awesome, titled The Origin of Bruce Wayne. Okay, so you're, you're not going to get the original number 38. You're going to get this origin of Bruce Wayne. Now, they say no reason has been given for this change. I don't, in my mind, it is not anything to do with Joel Jones's art, not on time, nothing like that. I think that this is a story that Tom King, he got a hold, Travis Moore does the fables uh, stuff, uh, agreed to do this, and they're putting it in kind of like, the Brave in the Mold was originally solicited earlier and then was canceled and then shoved in later, uh, as well as, say, the Rooftops story was actually put in after the fact as well. I think that's just what this is. I think that Tom King uh, runs the show and he just decided he wants to put this in and that's what we're going to get. Now, I do think that people who have read Batman Creature of the Night Listen to what this solicit is for this origin of Bruce Wayne, 
And I don't know about you, but it kind of made my eyes roll. It made me roll my eyes, actually. Here are the updated solicitation. Uh, a new cover for Batman 38 has not been released as of yet, but it says Batman number 38. Written by Tom King, art by Travis Moore, covered by Michael Yannon. Variant covered by Oliver Copiel, or Copel. The origin of Bruce Wayne. Now, again, this is what I said. Uh, just think, if you read Creature of the Night, just think of what this sounds like. I'm not going to say anything more, but if you've read Creature of the Night, just, just imagine. <laughs> the origin of Bruce Wayne. If Maddie could grow up to be anybody, he'd grow up to be millionaire playboy Bruce Wayne. But what would happen if he was forced to relive the worst tragedy of Bruce's life and his parents were murdered? Batman's hunt for the killer puts him face to face with a strange mirror ver- version of his own past. I, I don't, I, I don't know about you. It sounds very familiar. It's a creature of the night. So I don't know how these things work out. Is this a situation like a bug's life slash ants? That two people just had the same story going at the same time? I don't know. Is this Dante's Inferno and Volcano? I don't even know if those are the two that, that were, you know, put together. Is this? I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think there was one with Armageddon and something something. But yeah, it definitely sounds a lot like Creature of the Night. And just to me... I don't know. If it's one of those that we find out later that this is just one of those stories that Tom King comes out and says, I had to tell this story. This is a story I had to tell. I just, I was begging to tell it. Then uh, I don't know. It'll just get me a little bit angry. But here's another story. Cyborg changes artists leading into series finale. This is a funny story. This news story, uh, you know, it was uh, reported a couple days ago when Cyborg came out today. This is being New Comic Book Day Wednesday. So I do think that this is not necessarily a news story. I think that they had changed artists when they changed from uh, uh, John Semper Jr. to Kevin Graveau. It just was never changed in the solicit, and they realized late and threw it out there. But the penultimate issue of DC Comics Cyborg has changed artists. And that, just to remind people who don't know, uh, this issue and then the next of Cyborg, that's it. That's why this is the penultimate issue. Um, Cliff Richards was, has replaced Will Conrad as the artist of December 6th, Cyborg number 19. Richards was already solicited to draw the final issue, Cyborg number 20, so his duties have expanded. Conrad's departure could possibly be related to his enlistment to draw November's Action Comics 992, replacing the originally solicited artist. Again, this story was reported, I believe, on Monday for an issue that came out today. This is not really big news. I believe that they just forgot to redo the solicit when Kevin Graveau jumped on the book. Cyborg has confirmed earlier this week to be ending with January Cyborg number 20. Uh, yeah, and that's, I don't think that many people are complaining about that book being canceled, but we'll see. I haven't read it yet this week. I know Eric has, and he gave it a very special score. Batman co-creator Bill Finger to get New York City Street named after him. The late Bill Finger may have been denied credit for his work as co-creator of Batman in Life, but now New York City is honoring the man who helped bring the Cape Crusader to life. According to information from the New York City Council, street sign designating Bill Finger Way will be unveiled in the Bronx in December. This sign will be located at East 192nd Street and the Grand Concourse right by Poe Park, 
which is where Finger and Bob Kane originally came up with the idea for Batman. While Finger would receive some limited credit over the years, mostly limited to acknowledgement of his efforts in creating other Batman-related characters, such as Riddler, I, it wasn't until 2015 that the Finger family was able to come to an agreement with DC Entertainment that gave Finger credit on 2016's Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice and the second season of Fox's Gotham, acknowledging him as the co-creator of the character. Finger also received his first formal credit for his work on Batman on 2015's Batman and Robin Eternal number 3. Oh, the good old days of Batman and Robin Eternal and Batman Arkham Knight Genesis number three comic books with the character acknowledgement appearing as Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. As for the street named His Honor, an official city ceremony will take place on December 8, 2017 at 10 a.m. Finger's granddaughter, Athena Finger, as well as Finger biographer Mark Tyler Nobleman and city and local city councilman will speak at the ceremony. So if you're there like Big Tony hanging out, uh, you can go and see that ceremony. It'd be pretty cool. And that's a cool thing. I always like every time that Bill Finger gets the acknowledgement that he should have gotten in life. It's just a shame that, you know, it comes now and not before. Uh, but now we're going to move on to non-DC mo- news. Moves, I almost said. Guardians of the Galaxy ending with number 150. Way bigger story to come. Losing my voice for some reason, Marvel Comics is ending the current volume of Guardians of the Galaxy with issue number 150 in January. The previously solicited number 151 will be replaced in February by Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock number 1 and Infinity Countdown Prime number 1. Writer Jerry Dugan tweeted the following, Folks, Guardians of the Galaxy is wrapping at 150. It's a, you know, it's a shame it's wrapping up there. And not a bad number to wrap up on. But it's because I pitched a story at Marvel that was way bigger than just Guardians. Huge stories are coming your way beginning in February. More soon. The animated GIF in the tweet shows Adam Warlock with a caption teasing the introduction of the Soul Gem. Marvel Comics recently changed the Infinity Gems to Infinity Stones to match their representation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. More than likely, the huge story Dugan pitched to Marvel revolves around the Infinity Stones as the publisher promoted the Infinity Countdown for February with the image of a resurrected Wolverine, Star-Lord, and Captain Marvel in possession of the Power, Space, and Reality Stones, respectively. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, I'd have to, again, I'd have to ask Trevit, or as possibly they call him now, Trevert, uh, what he thinks of that. Uh, just a, a little shout-out before we even go on. You guys should listen to Brandon and Trevert on the Marvel Madness podcast. And in that, uh, Trevor has a new section that he does, you know, more Marvel news than I would ever do because he is more in the know, uh, including a pretty cool news story about, I believe, World War, actually, I think it's Planet Hulk 2 or no, it's World War Hulk 2. World War Hulk 2. But yeah, if you want to hear about that, go over and listen to Brandon and Trevor. But I'm going to continue with an IDW story. IDW cancels G.I. Joe series early under controversial circumstances. Possibly. Upcoming G.I. Joe comic book series, Scarlet Strike Force, has been canceled by IDW Publishing before final orders from retailers were due, leading to the book's writer and industry professionals publicly questioning the circumstances behind the decision. Scarlet Strike Force is set to debut in comic book stores on December 27th, but the book has already been canceled with no issues planned after number three. So number three will come out, but the series will now end on a cliffhanger. Now, after we get done with this, I think that we could maybe agree 
that it will not be over, but may come out a little bit later with a different writer. While IDW has stated that the cancellation is due to low sales, observers have wondered if ongoing controversy surrounding series writer Aubrey Stitter or Sitterson influenced the decision. He, he opened his mouth a little too much on uh, September 11th, it seems. On September 11th of this year, the 16th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on New York City and Washington, D.C., Sitterson uh, tweeted, Oh, good. It's self-centered national tragedy remembrance from people who weren't even anywhere near New York City Day. As provocative as that may be, the tweet didn't receive much attention until one day later when in a detailed previously uh, by Bleeding Cold, the G.I. Joe fan site, YoJo.com, I think Eric's been to that site, posted on Facebook that it would no longer promote anything from IDW Publishing while Aubrey Sitterson is involved with G.I. Joe or any other Hasbro brand. Now, uh, just a little aside, I didn't write down everything, but I did look into it, and Aubrey Sitterson is a New York native and seems to be very upset when people go on and on about 9-11 as if they were there in the city. Uh, he seems to take it as, you know, New York pride uh, and being in that city and that being his city that he's allowed to remember things more than other people. Now, that's nonsense, uh, but yeah, he, he opened his mouth, and this is where... I just don't know why or what these people think. Just keep that to yourself. Say that to the mirror. You know, yell at yourself, Aubrey. You know, yell about that and possibly that you should have a better name. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the name Aubrey. So there. You, you can yell at me now because I'm a piece of crap. On September 13th, IDW released a statement distancing itself from Citizen's 9-11 tweet. I think I want to distance myself for not liking the name Aubrey. The statement, which did not mention Citizen by name, read in part, IDW in no way condones or supports these personal opinions whatsoever and recognizes the pain they may cause our readers. Discussions regarding next steps are underway, uh, though I think it's a combo. It's one of those where, to me, this is very, like, I always try to find sports metaphors. Uh, this is as if, if you had, say, you know, I, I'm not even going to say, I'm going to say book X. That is the biggest book on the market right now. It's huge. And the writer says something like that. I believe that they would say, okay, well, you know, maybe it's Eric Shea writing it. They'll, they'll get Eric and say, listen, Eric, explain your position a little. Apologize, please, because we want to keep this book going. But because these sales were not great, they kind of, it's a combo. It's like, listen, you know, like I said, it's like a guy who gets injured in the NFL. If this is a, you know, big guy, a star, they're going to let him do it. But you know, I don't know what I'm saying. But you, you, do you know what I'm saying? I have no idea. Now I sound like, now I sound like wrong term. I got no time with a hyper time. I got no time with a hyper time either. Tired tonight. That's my problem. I need to go. I need, I got no time for staying awake. I need to go and have a nap. Here's the next story. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina TV show moves from the CW to Netflix. And I know people in the Get Fresh crew, poop, poop, uh, a lot of them are still watching Riverdale. I have not. Uh, originally, me and Eric had crazy theories, and one involved Sabrina coming to the show, coming to Riverdale, and pretty much making it into an afterlife with Archie series. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening now because get ready to binge watch a world of magic and witchcraft as the chilling adventures of Sabrina, the previously announced new one hour dark drama horror project in development from Riverdale showrunner Roberto Aguiar Sequeza and based on the classic Archie comics character is now heading 
to Netflix. Boy, that's a run-on sentence. Holy moly. The new show written by Archie Comics, Chief Creative Officer and (laughs) showrunner. Again, Roberto Aguar Sarqueza. I just think that somebody writing this wants to hear me say it. Will be directed by Lee Tolenkrieger or Krieger and produced by Berlanti Productions in association with Warner Brothers Studios. Greg Berlanti, Sarah Schechter, John Goldwater, Roberto Aguar Sarqueza. Whew. And Lee Tolan Krieger, service executive person. I really have to read these things. Sabrina will draw. I'm, I'm, I gotta wipe my brow here. I gotta settle down. Sabrina will draw from critically acclaimed chilling adventures of Sabrina comic book series from Archie Comics, written by Roberto Aguiar. So, okay, so, and artist Robert Hack. Can we get his name in five more times, please? Detailing the compelling and shocking reimagining of Sabrina the Teenage Witch's occult origins by Roberto Aguiar Circasa. This dark coming-of-age story deals with horror, the occult, witchcraft, and will see Sabrina struggle to reconcile, reconcile with her dual nature of being half-witch and half-mortal while protecting her family and the world from the forces of evil, as written by Roberto Aguiar Sarquesa. There you go. That is the end of that story. Goldie Vance, option for film. And if you haven't read Goldie Vance, it actually was the reason why I was very excited that Hope Larson was writing Batgirl. I read Goldie Vance, I believe it was the summer before, or a little bit before uh, the rebirth happened, and she jumped on Batgirl. And this is a Boom Comics book, which we'll talk about in a second, but I really, really like that book. I, I think it's really good. And uh, it's a lot of fun. But Rashida Jones has signed on to write and direct a big screen adaptation of Hope Larson and Brittany Williams' boom comic book Goldie Vance. Scandal's Kerry Washington will produce the film for 20th Century Fox and boom. Goldie Vance tells the story of a young girl who solves mysteries at a resort hotel. It's really good. It really, really is good. I'm ecstatic to be collaborating with Rashida and Boom Studios on telling the story. Fox is the perfect home for this project. Goldie Vance will steal your heart. She's already stolen mine, Washington said in a statement via The Hollywood Reporter. Goldie is exactly the kind of fearless, curious, and funny heroine we need right now. I'm so honored to partner with Kerry Washington Boom Studios and Fox to bring her world to life at it, Rashida Jones. No release date or cast for Goldie Vance has been announced. And yeah, if you like books, all ages type books, I, I know that a lot of people ask us, you know, what all ages books are around for you know, young girls and boys, whatever. And Goldie Vance is a really good one. So if you have some youngins and they would like something like a, yeah, to me, it's kind of a, uh, yeah, an updated, uh, Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew type deal, but taking place in a hotel. Like they said, I, I think it's really, really cool. Uh, the last story for the night, I believe. I'm struggling tonight. I really am. I apologize for my struggles. This is something that I think is very exciting. This, I saved this for last. It is a Marvel-type story. I also get angry because I wish I would have thought of this, though I don't think copywriting would have allowed me to do this. But it could have been my next podcast uh, amongst a thousand so I could get in the Guinness Book of World Records for most podcasts, at least most time on podcasts. I would think that maybe there, there could be a most time in a week, like an average weekly time on a, I think I might be able to get there. I really think I, I have my sights set on that. Uh, but this is a podcast that is coming out, 
Uh, I know it sounds funny to push a podcast on another podcast, but that doesn't bother me one bit. Plus, this sounds cool as hell. It really does. Wolverine the Long Night is Marvel's first scripted podcast. So this is a scripted show to me like an old-time radio show with Wolverine, and it's done by Marvel. So I, I think this is an awesome idea. And as you'll hear by the end, it's something that may be the start of something even more and bigger and stuff. I think it's awesome. I can't wait. It's already been a banner year, and also it'll be something that DC will never pick up on and do, just like the Marvel app. Uh, DC just, they aren't thinking ahead in, in my mind. You know, they're worried about a banner and Marvel's actually, though, I don't know, the, the whole, each have their, each have their bonuses, their highs and lows, I guess. But in the actual technology format and things like that with this, the Marvel app, uh, Marvel's killing it. But it's already been a banner year for Marvel's most popular mutant hero. Between Rising from the Dead and Hugh Jackman's critically acclaimed farewell performance in Logan, Wolverine was already well on his way to a major comeback. I wonder if it will be his farewell performance. Hmm. But next year, Wolverine will break new ground as the star of Marvel's first ever scripted podcast. Marvel and Stitcher have announced that they are collaborating on Wolverine the Long Night, a 10-episode podcast that was scripted by Benjamin Percy, the writer of Green Arrow for DC Comics. The Hobbit star Richard Armitage will lend his voice to the project as Wolverine slash Logan and the old Canuck head our knucklehead will soon find himself labeled as a possible serial killer in rural Alaska. Further complicating things for Logan is the fact that his memories have once again been wiped, which leaves him grasping for answers about his past. Again, if you know me, and, and not many people do, I am a rake, I'm, ugh, I'm a recluse that doesn't like to talk to people, but I love old time radio. I love radio shows. And to me, this is like the best of both worlds. You get Wolverine and what should be like a old-time radio show, and I think it's great. While speaking to Mashable, Percy Hennett, this series could be the start of a Marvel podcast universe. We have a fun opportunity here, and that's to create our own continuity, explained Percy. Continuity that will grow more and more expansive as the Marvel podcast universe expands. There are glimmers that people will recognize references to Weapon X and wartime Logan, Japan, and past relationships that he's had, but he himself is not able to really work through his moth-eaten memory until the conclusion of this first season. Wolverine the Long Night will premiere on Stitcher Premium. That's what sucks. I don't even know what that is, but, you know, Premium, that sounds like it costs money. In spring 2018, before receiving a wider release on all podcast platforms in fall, of 2018 is there a, such a thing as trade waiting podcast is that possible pod waiting i guess it would be called uh but yeah i think that sounds awesome i will listen to it i would think that you know they don't say anything there's not really any sort of a uh, deal but i would assume that each episode will probably be around 45 minutes to an hour long awesome I'm in. I would love it if we had more and more of that. that that's kick-ass. So we'll see. And I'll give Ben Percy uh complete, you know, uh benefit of the doubt. Uh, maybe he'll really kick-ass with it. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. But that's it. That's the news. Like I said, I'm losing my voice. I, I don't know what happened. I was at work today, and I wasn't yelling or anything, but I started talking about Eric, and we were talking about, forget what book, one of my books, maybe uh, White Knight. 
And as I was talking, I just, my voice just went. It's very odd. And it's, I don't know. So I apologize for my jerk off voice. Uh, again, I just want to tell people we do have a Patreon account. It's at patreon.com slash weird science. This eventually will become a Patreon exclusive show. Uh, but as of now, we have many, many, many other shows that you can go check out. We would love if you do and love the support. And I said, I, I didn't want to start a Patreon account that was just, you know, hey, support us for all we do. Uh, but yeah, we have a seven plus hour podcast each week. We do a spotlight each Thursday. Uh, we do a bunch of other things. The new 52 review goes up. Uh, but the Patreon account actually just adds on to that. So yeah, we would love your support. Go over and check it out and you won't be charged until the beginning of next month, but that's it. I'm going to go. That is the end of the podcast. I would like to say that wrong turn will say, Better fasten up. Your doomsday clock is going to be a bumpy ride. The doomsday clock is going to be a bumpy ride. Oh, there he goes! Oh, there he goes.